0: Welcome to the Hatch and Curiosity Podcast, where homeschooling families cultivate innovation through curiosity, creativity, and critical thinking. I'm your host, Christina Hatch. You're listening to What's Working and What's Not. So... Now that it has been a semester, I kind of wanted to go over some of the things that are working for me in my homeschool and some of the things that are not. Uh, This year, I have started using sticks to help my kids organize their schoolwork. I have coordinated the classes I'm teaching so that they're on similar topics. I've prioritized my health and I've been so consistent on core subjects. However, I have not posted on Instagram for my business in months or created new products and I've taken on a heavier schedule than I usually prefer. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about curriculum that I have loved and curriculum I have dropped and habits that have made or broke me as we head into the holidays and next semester so that you can take another look at what's working for you and what isn't. So let's break it down. Sticks. So this is how they work. What you do is you get a whole bunch of the jumbo craft sticks and then you write the different subjects that you want your kids to do on them. And for my little ones who are pre-readers or not reading very strong yet, we also drew little pictures to represent the different subjects. And I broke them down even further than just like English, for example. I broke it down to reading or spelling or practicing phonics or handwriting and things like that. And then I put how many times I wanted them to do that subject during the week into a jar. So for example, their math sticks will have five sticks in them for five days of the week, right? And so once we did that, then we put them in one jar for each of the kids. And as they go about their school day, they will go and draw a stick from the jar that will have a subject on it that they want to work on. Then they will go do that subject and put it into the done jar. Now, I don't let them walk away with the sticks because that's a great way to lose them. They basically pull it out, look at it, decide what they want to do, and then put it straight into the dun jar and then go immediately go do that thing. Um, for my older child, he has his own system that he has on where he picks out all the sticks he wants to do for the day and then puts them in order. And that's fine because I trust him and he's responsible enough to handle that. But what I love about it is that it gives the kids more autonomy and control over their day. So for example, if a kid is just really not feeling it on math that day, they can just not draw any math sticks and do more the next day. Or if they get really caught up in a project, for example, my oldest really gets caught up in his reading, then he can just end up pulling all of his free read sticks for that for the week and do it all in one morning and then focus on his other subjects later. So it kind of gives them the freedom to choose what they want to do and when they want to do it. Most of the time, the kids will choose to do a little bit of math every day and a little bit of reading every day so it doesn't catch up with them. But sometimes if they're really into a project, they'll pull all of their elective sticks and just work on what it is that they want to work on. So it creates an opportunity for them to have more child-led learning. But it also gives them the accountability to get the core subjects done throughout the week as well. And so at the end of the week, I'll go through and look at the sticks that are left over and say, okay, well, for example, my littlest guy didn't end up doing enough reading practice. And then my middle kid maybe um, had a math stick left left over that he didn't get to. And we'll start with those the next week. So we can put it on a rotating schedule and catch up on the things that we maybe have missed the week before. I also changed the sticks as needed. So after we set up this whole system, we started doing practices for guitar and Kung Fu and things like that. And I had forgot to put the practices in there as one of their sticks that they could do during school time. And so we added those sticks in. But to make sure that we weren't overwhelming them by giving them too many things to do or too many options, we went through and looked at some of the elective sticks that we maybe had too much of and then pulled them out so that it was a realistic schedule that they could get done throughout the week. So as far as setup goes, it did take a little bit of time to set up, it took a couple of hours to get everybody's sticks organized and uh, line that up with timeframes and make sure we weren't putting too many sticks or getting too ambitious. But once the setup was done, initially, it's been pretty easy to maintain. Every Sunday, before we start the new school week, I'll go through all the done sticks and then just separate them out by kid. So you could do that in a couple ways, you could color coordinate. So Um, everything written in blue Sharpie is for one kid and everything written in black Sharpie is for another kid, you know, or you could have them put their initials on the sticks, which is what I did just on the back of the sticks so that they're really easy to just organize again the night before on Sunday when I'm doing all my weekly organizing. So I found that this system works really, really well because it's not something that I have to manage. It's something that they manage and it's something that gives them more control. And then also we're getting a lot more done because it initially started as this fun novel thing for them to pull the sticks, but eventually started to shift the culture of learning in my home so that they know when we're doing school, it's school time. Oftentimes I will say, okay, um, middle child, go grab a me stick is what I call it when it's a stick that we do together. And I'll say youngest child, you go grab a you stick, which he knows means it's a subject he can work on independently. And then after doing this for a couple weeks, they kind of got in the rhythm so that when I'm working with my middle child, my youngest child just goes and starts doing an activity that he wants to do. And then later we'll go back together and find the stick that matches what he had just done and switch it over but he has initially started just doing what needs to be done because he started to build that habit and they don't take as much time to what can I do what can I come up with what am I supposed to do while well, you're working with him um, that has kind of fixed itself because now they have lots of ideas that they can draw from literally and figuratively and they have started being more independent and self-directed which is one of the character traits that I'm hoping to instill in my children anyway with the concept of homeschooling. Especially as they get older, I'd like their education to become more self-directed. And I'm starting to see that happen with my oldest as he's heading into more middle school subjects and middle school level work. I'm starting to see him really taking education into his own hands and taking ownership over it, which has been so fun to see. And I think that this system is really cool because it really lends to that. It really starts teaching that self-accountability and self-direction at a younger age. So I'm just tickled about it and really wanted to share that with you guys. Another thing that I was going to talk to you about was some of the subjects that we have picked up and some that we have dropped you know, curriculum wise, subject wise, things like that, what's working and what's not for us. And it's just going to be a little bit different for every family. But I love to share the cool things that we find. And I love to give honest reviews on other things I may have mentioned before that may not be working out as well for us anymore. Now, this isn't to say they won't work for you guys. Obviously, every family's different. However, I think it's kind of fun to share what's going on because I love hearing about things from other people too. So the first thing I wanna talk to you about is the meditation cards from Little Renegades. Now, they're super cute, a little pricey, but honestly, so, so worth it. Every night before bed, my family has started doing meditation at night where we pull a little card that gives a little meditation that is a guided meditation for the kiddos. And we go through that together. And it has brought so much peace and calm into our evenings that my boys will come and ask for it if I don't start initiating it right out the gate. Um, After we do our meditations, we do our prayers, we have a little bit of family time and they go to bed. And I feel like that connection right before they go to bed, uh, especially that, that family connection and then the little one-on-one connections we have afterwards really, really nurture the hearts of my children and honestly ground me and nurture my heart as well. So I have absolutely loved those 10 out of 10 would recommend. And in addition to that, they also have little daytime meditation cards, which are fun for the younger kids. And I have not used them as much, but we'll let you know how that works out. If I end up teaching a mindfulness class for the little guys in co-op next semester, which I'm thinking about doing because we've had so much fun with these meditation cards. Another thing we have very recently started doing is the Pimsler learning method for learning languages. We are trying to learn Italian because we are planning on spending six weeks in Italy Uh, next school year, at the beginning of the school year. We've already booked our Airbnbs, so it is happening, and I'm so excited. This is literally a dream come true. But because of that, we are trying to prepare ahead of time by learning some practical Italian. Now, I have been using Duolingo, which has been great for me and my oldest child, who is a strong reader and very self-motivated. However, my little ones have not been picking up Italian as much, and I have not been as consistent as I need to be with the talk box method, which I have bought all of the boxes for, and I think is absolutely darling. But not being an Italian speaker myself, I found that that one is a little bit harder for me to try to be learning at the same time I'm trying to teach my kids. So we've done this other method now with the Pimsleur method, where it's one of those ones where um, they speak and then you repeat it. And I found that this has worked really well for us right out the gate. Now, we're very, very new. We've just started using this method, but I have loved it so far because my children have already started speaking it more. And then our pronunciation, I feel like is a lot stronger than with the methods where you do more reading and less uh, speaking. It's modeled for us right there for us to repeat, which I've loved. And this is closer to the method that Charlotte Mason had recommended for learning languages as well. It is also a little bit pricey, but I feel like Um, For this one, if you're serious about learning a language, so far this is the one I've been the most impressed with and I'll keep you updated if it actually helps us learn the language quicker. Another thing we have started doing is Kung Fu, which I will talk about a little bit later in the podcast. We have continued using logic of English because it works so well and I cannot stop raving about it. And uh, writing and rhetoric and good and the beautiful handwriting for our English um, lessons. For my oldest child, he is finishing out Beast Academy, still loving it, still excelling at it, still having a lot of fun with it. And my youngest has started doing Beast Academy and is a little bit obsessed with it as well. So that one's still a winner in our book. I have gone back to using Right Start Math with another one of my kids, which has been really great for us because we love doing schoolwork together. And that hands-on method really, really works well for his brain as well as mine. So... We have switched off of Beast Academy for him and gone to a different math because you got to make it work for each child what works for them. I cannot say enough good things about either math program. Both of them are really, really excellent. None of these, by the way, are sponsored. This is just me sharing my experiences with them. So just want to throw that out there. Another thing that I did is I kind of dropped history, not entirely because I know it's super important. Uh, We do listen to story of the world, we watch documentaries, we watch YouTube videos, reread biographies, and we um, will read living books about different parts of history. But I've kind of dropped the trying to do projects and make it be like an entire unit just because of bandwidth. I just don't have the time and energy to do that this year. And we'll have to put more energy into that in other years. We do only do science once a week. And that is because I teach a biology class, which is on a middle school level, which I will be posting my outline for on my blog later on once I get it all finished for the either the semester or the school year. We're going to carry throughout the school year where I have some of my son's friends come over and do the class with us. And part of that is just, you know, helping each other out, teaching each other's kids, which I love. But the bigger part of it is just making sure that I actually do it. Knowing that I have a class coming on Wednesdays, I will make sure that the labs are ready and make sure that the lessons are planned and make sure that I'm executing science on a level that matches where my kid is at. So that is one thing that I'm doing is a biology class on the middle school level with him. But because it takes so much energy planning the class and getting the lab ready, we're just doing it once a week. However, it is an hour and a half long class. And so I feel like they're actually making some good progress with that. My younger ones are doing the landforms and biome curriculum that I have created because why create something more than once? So I have decided to do that as the class that I am teaching in my co-op. So we have teaching commitments that we have to do in our co-op. And I chose from meeting my teaching commitments, I was going to teach the curriculum that I wrote last year that my younger kids are right ready for. And we are doing landforms and biomes with our co-op classes. So they just do that when they go to co-op on Fridays. I've also allowed self-led projects to take over a little bit my 10 year old decided this semester he wanted to write a novel and so for a solid week he just wrote his novel and then after that we focused more on the subjects that he didn't get enough of the week before you know like i talked about with the sticks and the rotating schedule however it was really really fun to watch him grow as a writer and really put his passion into this project My eight-year-old made a wooden sword with his dad in the shop, which took over a whole day. And my youngest got really into making his diorama for the landforms and biomes class. And so I kind of have allowed a little bit more passion projects as they've come up. Now, I've always would have allowed these in my homeschool. It's just fun to see them actually taking them on. And once again, like I said, taking more ownership of their education. And the last thing, thing that I have dropped this semester which will be pretty shocking if you know me at all is geography we have actually not done any geography this semester and I don't really plan on focusing on it this school year at all because we're going to do a pretty intense geography year next year and with us going to Italy and things like that I figured that was one that we could let go of this year The biggest impact, however, this year has been the consistency. I have been just incredibly consistent with the core subject for my boys and have seen some major growth in all of them as the short lessons compound over time. So to make sure that I'm getting the core lessons done every day, when they draw a stick, I set a timer. But it's not for them. It's for me. Um, With all the ADHD awareness all over Instagram, I realized that the diagnosis I have since received from that um, explains my entire childhood. And I've been able to put into place tools that help me focus, like committing my attention for 20-minute segments. When the timer goes off, we switch subjects. So because of this, I have broken down bigger lessons into chunks that will fit within that timer. So when we do our English lesson, for example, I will set one 20-minute timer for reading together and then another 20-minute timer for teaching and practicing phonics. This way, I can stay consistent with getting the core things done without letting subjects run away on me, where I end up spending like two hours trying to teach one lesson with one child. We're getting little hard-hitting 20-minute chunks done And it holds their attention span better, it holds my attention span better, and it makes sure that we get at least that much done every day. And getting smaller lessons done every single day has been way more powerful than getting bigger lessons done inconsistently. So aside from that, I also have my co-op that I teach at, right? and I have always been a big advocate for co-ops for so many reasons. I love my community. And one of those things that we're doing is we have to teach classes because it's a cooperative. And so I've already told you that I'm teaching the landforms and biomes class in my co-op, but I've coordinated that with some of the biology lessons that I'm doing with my older child. So as I'm preparing information, for example, on fungi, I am preparing a class for the younger kids. But then in addition to that, I'm adding on to that and going deeper and putting together more complex cases and things like that for the biology class within the same subject, so that my prep time gets double duty. And that has helped a ton is just in the planning process as you're setting up your school year, if you guys have classes to teach for your co op, or if you have other commitments and things like that, if you can double up on the prep time or make things work for more than one thing, do it, like don't cause yourself more stress and more work than you need to. That being said, however, we have started adding a new aspect to my co-op, which I've absolutely loved, which is putting together showcases at the end of the semester. So, for example, this semester, our showcase is based around art. And then in the spring, our showcase is going to be a science fair. Next fall, our showcase is going to be a geography fair. So we kind of pick one subject to put our effort and energy into and then do a big showcase at the end of the semester so that we have something to work towards. They're totally optional. This isn't one more thing that the people in the co-op have to do. But I found that in talking to other mothers and as well as myself, it's been really fun having something to work towards. So I like art. My boys like art, but we don't spend a ton of time doing art projects typically in our school day. However, with an art showcase coming up, they have put their creativity to work and they have put energy into creating artwork for the showcase, which has been something for us to build up to and celebrate the work that the kids do throughout the year. I also know that sometimes it's hard when parents try to get their kids to do writing, for example, and they're like, well, what's the point? You're the only one that's going to read it, right? But if they have a way to showcase that to their friends and to their teachers and to other people, then it gives them more motivation to create a quality piece. With that in mind, as we were talking about our lesson plans for the semester, I created a class called What is Art for the older kids in elementary, like older elementary, early junior high age kids, like that 11-year-old range. And oh my gosh, it was so much fun. We had incredible discussions talking about art history and philosophy and all of those things that I sometimes don't do when I'm down with my littles. And I Absolutely loved creating that class. So, while it was extra work for me to do to put into creating a class that's kind of out of my typical wheelhouse, it was something that really added life and energy for me going into a subject that I love and teaching it on a level where we could have real conversations. So it's not just about like making less work for yourself or doing the easiest thing. Sometimes it's about doing the life-giving thing. Speaking of life-giving, I mentioned before that I was having some health issues which have seriously impacted my life. And so I wanted to share some happy news with you guys as well, which is I have been focusing more on my health. As part of that, I am on a weight loss journey where I am trying to lose 40 pounds one just to, you know, make myself feel better with self-esteem and all those kind of things but the bigger aspect of it is to ha- be healthier, and have more energy for my family. And so far, I have lost 20 of that 40 pounds. So yay me! It's a little personal celebration. Aside from that, I found out what was causing those hemiplegic migraines. And for me, not in all cases, because I know other people have them, and it's caused by something different. But for me, it was caused by hormonal issues. And I'm working on a plan with my doctor to permanently fix that problem. I'm also trying some ADHD medication to see if it helps me not to spiral out with overwhelm and overstimulation. So it's not just about my physical health, but my mental health as well. And what's helping all of those things is that I'm getting more sleep. I've actually started going to bed earlier and waking up on a consistent schedule. And that has made a world of difference for my energy and my focus so that I'm able to fit more into my day without stressing myself out which was really good because as we added kung fu to our schedule, that is two more extra trips into town. And when you live 40 minutes outside of town, that adds three hours onto your day. And I am a homebody and like to be at home because I like having plenty of time to do my creative outlets and be beholden to nobody. However, this has added a little bit more of a strain on my schedule because of this, I actually considered quitting after the first month. <laughs> However, I wanted to give it a fair shot. So I said, give it a semester, work on my personal habits first. And if I can get those in check, and it's still overwhelming, we'll cut it out. If I can get those in check, and it makes a difference, and we can fit it into our schedule, then we'll keep it. And the reason I said this is because I have been so impressed with the health of coordination, hand to mind connection, strength that it's building in my boys. But not just that, the discipline and the character that they're getting from their teacher. Um, He's a very young man, but he's a very motivated man. And it's been really cool having this male role model in their life that they can look up to. Um, They do have an incredible father. However, their father's out of town three weeks at a time. And so anytime I can get more male mentors or role models in my kid's life that are teaching them discipline and character and strength and values, the better. So I went ahead and focused on those habits I talked about, right? I was focusing on my health. I focused on organizing my time. I focused on adding more meditation and rest into my weekends, more connection with my husband. And as I did that, I noticed that my energy started to shift. I started to have more energy during the week. And my attitude started to get a little bit better. And it wasn't about me being busy, busy, busy anymore. It became more about about being grateful for the blessings that it was for my kids. So now when I take them to Kung Fu, I watch the teacher teach and I watch the boys engage. And I'm just filled with gratitude that they have this in their life. And as we're driving back and forth to these lessons and things like that, we listen to our Pimsler lesson or we listen to our history lesson or we listen to music in the car and connect as a family. And I decided to... Take advantage of those times instead of um, treating them like a waste or like a filler or something that's taking away from my time at home. So, while I have been working on all of these wonderful things with my life and with my homeschool and with my co op, I have not had time to work on my business. I have time to do a lot of things, but I don't have time to do everything. And I have not been able to post on Instagram or create new products or things like that. I've been filling my orders and I still absolutely love what I do. And I'm so excited to work on the Africa unit next as we have a little break for the holidays. But at the same time, I'm really happy with where my business is at and the place it has in my life. And I absolutely love and adore getting all of the good reviews and feedback from people and how it's blessing your lives as well. So I'm going to keep the business going, but it's going to go at a snail's pace, because I need to make sure that it fits in my life where it belongs. And where it belongs is behind my family, because my family is the most important thing to me. Anyway, that is what I've been up to this semester. I hope that it inspires you to look at what's working and what isn't in your life and gives you some ideas on systems, curriculum, or even perspectives that might help you and your homeschool thrive. If you have any questions or ideas for episodes, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at hatching curiosity. And as always, until next time, stay curious.